Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, folks? Welcome to a, a Friday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. Uh, we got a packed show today. Lots to get in before we drop the marbles closer to 3 p.m. Welcome to everybody on YouTube. And for those of you listening on the podcast, thanks for making us a part of your day. If you do ever have the option of getting in on the live stream on Fridays, don't forget you can all participate in the marble race. We'll look forward to doing that a little bit later on. We do have a lot to get to, and I'm really looking forward to bringing on one of uh, everybody's favorites, Sarah Orleski, to talk about her big move that was announced earlier this week to the Winnipeg Jets, moving over from TSN as well as um, you know her final few CFL games and maybe a little bit on the game that she'll be working on tonight, big one tonight in the West between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and British Columbia Lions in Regina. So Sarah is teed up to join us first. Then Brandon Rewicki's going to jump on. We'll see what Rue's got going on. Uh, slow week for the Bombers, of course, and... Somewhat of a slow week for the Winnipeg Jets, although we did hear from Mark Scheifele. Interesting to uh, get Barowicki's takes on uh, what's going on with the Jets. And, of course, we will pay attention, speaking of Mark Scheifele, to what's going on over at the Manitoba Open. Finally, the rain has ceased. We've got some gorgeous weather today and heading into the weekend. There's going to be a lot of golf to be sandwiched in over three days as opposed to four down at Southwood. Four the Manitoba Open. So uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later on. As I mentioned, Rewicki coming up and listen with everything happening in and around the National Football League. Preseason action continues tonight. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton with his Friday visit in the NFL Notebook and more coming up before we get to our Cool Bet lines. A really interesting Cool Bet special for Nathan and Rourke, which we'll tell you about a little bit later on, as well as the world-famous WST Marble Race. Big shout-out to the family of sponsors that power this show each and every day, including Cool Bet Canada and Princess Auto, Canadian Club Whiskey, Assiniboia Downs, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, Not Auto Corp, Breezy Band, Royal Sports, Culligan Water, Vita Health, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, and, of course, the gang out at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Let's get to it. Michael Remus joins me now. Remo, are you, uh, how are you feeling right now? I know we were on a tight schedule today because you've got a flight a little bit later on. Are you already thinking vacation right now, or are you locked and loaded for one more strong episode of WST before you take off? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm locked and loaded. I'm ready here. We got a lot of stuff to get to, uh, as Nazem Kadri news yesterday was pretty awesome, but a fun show with Sarah looking ahead to um, her new role with the Jets. The biggest Jets offseason signing, Sarah Orleski coming on the show. And then, uh, but yeah, Nathan Rourke in action. This guy is fantastic. So I'm looking forward to that game against uh, Saskatchewan. So she is in Regina. We'll be touching on that as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, um, so yeah, Sarah coming up a little bit later on, we will get into her new role with the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, I guess, you know, we may as well start off with with Nazem Kadri uh, heading to Calgary. I mean, what a what a day and what a series of weeks for Brad Treleving after he was dealt the old uh, proverbial shit sandwich by Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, and then, of course, Matthew Kachuk. There's a lot of talk. The team that's getting the most run on Twitter right now is the New York Islanders. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've seen all sorts of hilarious memes about Lou Lamorello trying to sign a free agent. Um but I'll say this, you had a theory, and I mean, I think this is probably a little bit out there. Um, 
Why do you think that Johnny Gaudreau and Nazem Kadri resisted the New York Islanders dream? Yeah, we've seen, you know, a lot of speculation with the Islanders and Lou Lamorello. And look, is it that they're too close to the cap and couldn't afford them? But I actually have a different theory with the Islanders. Um, you look at Gaudreau and Kadri over the last year, they're beard guys. Um, they want to have the freedom to have their facial hair wherever they want it. Gaudreau did and Kadri as well. So I think it's just players being like, you know what? Can't tell me what to do anymore. It's 2022. Lou Lamorello, your old school ways. Um, if someone's going to give me the same money, I'm going to go there because then I can dress or act however I want. And, you know, you can't control my facial hair. So I think... Does it come down to it, Naz? Would yeah. you rather sign in Calgary and be able to wear a beard or go to Long Island with the Islanders but have to shave every day? And Naz... Naz is one of those guys that has a, a full, probably quite rapid growing beard. I saw someone estimating that it could be in the hundreds of thousands that he'll save on razor blades by playing for the Calgary Flames as opposed to the uh, the New York Islanders. Of course, we joke about that. But, you know, that the entire Lou Lamorello culture of the team comes with some positives, but I think it does come with some negatives. Uh, and the weird thing about the Islanders right now, about Lou in general, I mean, he does all these moves and then never announces them. I mean, it, it, Elliot Friedman, I think, was on NHL Network yesterday and said that he believes the Romanov contract is done. And he also speculated that the Noah Dobson contract is done. And he essentially said that this was a big one. Um, you know, Dobson has been incredibly productive through his young career for the New York Islanders. And uh, I think kind of what I took from Elliot's um, uh, visit with NHL Network was that this is a significant deal and probably a long-term deal. It's just bizarre. I have no idea why you would not announce that, what the benefit is to the team. I mean, you know, if you're in the Islanders organization, much like we've talked about here in Winnipeg, I mean, the team, I think, is really wanting to get some good news out, would love to have some things happen that can get the fans excited. And, I mean, if you're in the Islanders front office, um, you know, letting them know that Noah Dobson's a big part of the future and he's back or the newly acquired Romanov side might be a good thing going forward. So Lou's got his own unique ways. I'm not sure whether it's helping the uh, New York Islanders, but the bottom line is the smiles right now are in Southern Alberta because of what Treleving has been able to do in the aftermath of being shunned by his top two players last season. Yeah, and I've seen on the Flames Twitter, yesterday was coincidentally Brad Treleving's birthday. He got a nice present of signing Nazem Kadri and Daryl Sutter's birthday today. Uh, there, what We did get the other part of the trade, and it was kind of speculated during the show, um, during the show, and it came, the official details came out after. So during the show yesterday, we were under the impression Sean Monaghan was going to Montreal. And then it was 20 hours ago at 4.51, they tweeted out, uh, we have acquired forward Sean Monaghan and a conditional first round pick in 2025 from the Flames in exchange for future consideration. We had talked all summer how, you know, they had Kachuk as an RFA, Mangiapane, and Goudreau was becoming a UFA. Well, how are they going to fit all these guys under the cap? And the way they did that was trading away Sean Monaghan. And we had a couple people tweet at us and write in our YouTube comments, well, why wouldn't the Jets be in on Sean Monaghan? You get a free player and a first-round pick. And my immediate response is, you know, the first-round pick is in 2025. That doesn't really help you win this year. And the Jets are trying to win this year. And you have $6 million in cap space. I don't think spending $6 million on Sean Monaghan, who's been injured and not contributing 
at that level is really an efficient way. And you know, we put out a video of you and you and Murat talking about some available free agents. I think you're probably better off signing one of those guys to one million or two million dollars. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Or making a trade with a defenseman for a forward who's making a bit of a higher salary. Um, because we know cap space is extremely valuable, and I don't think burning that on Sean Monahan is is efficient use of it. Yeah, I, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that Sean Monahan is done, but no, I'm not. Sean I'm not going to Is towards the end. I mean, hey, listen, he barely played last year. When he was in the lineup, he was playing in the fourth line. I think at times he was a healthy scratch, and then at the end, obviously dealing with something, was put on the IR and finished the season there. And listen, if Sean Monahan was able to be the player that, you know, he was early in his career with the Calgary Flames. I think he's Spain with the Calgary Flames. Um, but to make this move and to move the money, Calgary did have to do something. And listen, they paid a pretty significant price. I mean, to, to move $6.375 million off the cap for just one season, they're giving up a future first-round pick. Now, I, I had to laugh. We always talk about the conditions that are sometimes put on these picks. The conditions for this pick, my brain was melted by the time I finished reading it. My guy, Pat Steinberg, put it out. And, I mean, it was essentially three. I don't know if you saw this. I mean, I, I still don't understand. All I know is that it's going to be a first-round pick somewhere between 24 and 26. It might be Calgary's pick. It might be oh, Florida's yeah. pick. It probably won't be in the top 10 if it's in the first couple of years. Later on, though, if it pushes back, it could be. The Flames protected it from being first overall if it's in the 26. I mean, dude, it would literally take us 20 minutes to go through all this, and I don't think anyone be it would be any further along after reading it and discussing okay. it for that long. Here's the tweet from Pat. Here are the conditions on the Monahan trade from the Flames of Montreal. And boy, there are conditions. And it's like <laughs> one, you know, two, three. Like It's like eight, eight nine paragraphs here of conditions with like three or four different scenarios and then three, a couple different sub scenarios. Who's coming up? Who's drawing up all this? I want to know the oral history of coming up the conditions for the Sean Monaghan salary dump. Um, wow. So yeah, let's just say it's a 2025. We don't need to get into the minutia of this. I think until, until it happens. Yeah, we'll be talking about this for years just because the conditions will play into three potential different first-round picks. I think there's a good chance it just ends up being the Florida pick that they uh, got in the Huberto trade. Uh, but as I said, they're, uh, if you like it, go to Steinberg's uh, Twitter feed. Go over them yourself. I challenge you to read them all and then be able to explain to somebody else what exactly the conditions are. It would take that long. Anyways, that was the big story yesterday in the National Hockey League. Not much to report today. Big night in the Canadian Football League. A big week in the Canadian Football League, albeit with the Bombers on the bye. Feature game tonight, Nathan Rourke and the BC Lions taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And we'll be getting to that with Sarah Orleski a little bit later on in the program. But uh, by far the most interesting thing that's happening today in the world of sports is speculation on where is Tom Brady. Sort of raised some eyebrows when Tom Brady left Buccaneers training camp in the middle of, uh, in the middle of the preseason for a personal leave, for personal reasons. And there's been all sorts of speculation as to 
where is Brady? Is everything okay? What's going on? Is this a family thing? And God bless the internet. And I believe this started with the folks over at Fantasy Life. But I, I am here for interesting theories uh, when it comes to sports uh, in general. This might be one of the most interesting. Right now, it is everywhere. Tom Brady is without the Buccaneers for the next couple of weeks, not due to any family emergency or anything like that. The speculation that he is, in fact, a contestant on The Masked Singer. And if you go down this Reddit thread or watch the video from uh, one of the uh, ladies over at the Fantasy Life when the Matthew Berry set, it makes a pretty compelling argument. Um, it's important to know, apparently, Mass Singer is recording right now. Um, Terry Bradshaw had been on in the past. Brady's buddy Gronk has been on in the past. His former buddy, A.B., Antonio Brown, had been on in the past. But I think what is the most interesting about this all is that let's not forget that when Brady was allegedly retired for three weeks or whatever it was, he signed a $375 million contract with Fox Broadcasting. Um, to do, to basically get in the booth as soon as he's done. Well, who owns and produces the mass Singer? You got it, Fox. Now, it seems almost crazy to think that a top-level NFL quarterback with the resume of Tom Brady would do something like this. But when you see people ask around to players, people that know Brady, it is something that he probably would like to do. And I got to tell you, if it does come out that Brady left his team for two weeks in training camp <laughs> to do the Mass Singer, this will be a story that uh, has a lot of legs and we certainly won't hear the end of it. I'll say one thing. It's going to be great for ratings for whenever this show comes out. I've seen it a couple times. Pretty interesting. You know, they got mystery celebrities in these wild costumes singing and they need to be, you know, the, the contestants need to figure out who it is. Um but as I tweeted out earlier, Patrick Mahomes would never leave his team in the middle of training camp to go on the Masked Singer. I've got a lot of time for this, and I hope that this is true. Is that why people are talking this? They want it to be true? It's Tom Brady. You're wondering, you know, why he's not there? Look, it's personal reason. I I respect uh, Yin Vivian in chat says, last time I checked, personal reasons were personal. But, hey, it's sports. It's the greatest player ever. We're going to sit here. And well, come up with some personal theories. reasons are personal reasons. I mean, but if that is just a smokescreen for a guy leaving his team to go like being on the mass singer isn't quote unquote personal reasons. Is I mean, he on the mass singer? Do we know? Or well, is this just a theory? Uh, this is a theory. This yeah. is a theory right now. Um, but you would think that especially like the NFL, I'll say this, if they could get it to this, this far and it, that the case needed to be cracked by someone over at Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life or NFL fans on on uh, Reddit. Uh, I'll say this. It's an incredible, incredible story to say. Uh, but there is a lot of intrigue as to where Tom Brady is right now. And I guess the thing is, you know, when you do hear people leave for personal reasons, you're always thinking things that are, you know, somewhat concerning. You know, a family member that's dealing with something, problems at home, um, that's why I think that this would be a great way to do it. It would obviously be something positive. I mean, you wouldn't be having any family issues or anything like that, which I really haven't heard that have been rumored at all. 
but people have been wanting to find the answer and uh tom brady bringing those super bowl rings to the mass singer i'll say this the speculation will be massive for ratings going forward i will say this though if it is true i'm stunned that it would take place i mean you've got a brand new head coach with the buccaneers uh but brady pretty much runs the show there as you would imagine uh, but that probably is tough for their new head coach to handle, taking over for Bruce Arians and have to go a couple of weeks without the franchise there behind center. Yeah, they're going back, uh, you know, trying to get another Super Bowl here. Um, they had some tough injuries there in the playoffs, them and the Rams and the NFC. We are getting close to NFL season, so I wouldn't be too concerned about Brady missing, although I am here for any speculation, although I will not be tuning into The Masked Singer. Never watched it. Not. Not my thing. So I you caught, can, I you just can caught sit it there. flicking around. I've caught it flicking around for uh, five or ten minutes, and it is. Uh, I, it's a very interesting show. It's neat, and I think it's got huge ratings and people in it. But uh, first things first, you hope, and I think from the sounds of it, things are people aren't concerned about Brady or his family or anything like that. So everyone's looking for a reason and uh this reddit thread and video right now i've never wanted something to be more true because it'll give us a lot of fun things to joke about going forward and um maybe even throw a few darts at the goat himself that being said reem i embarrassed i'm embarrassed to say this i watched just about all of the bears seahawks preseason game last night um oh. you know i i missed the thursday night cfl game uh, you know, the Blue Jays were smashing the Yankees, which was awesome to see. I went out and grabbed the uh, burger, met a few friends, and uh, there it was. Bears, Seahawks, arguably the 31st and 32nd ranked teams coming into this season, going head to head. And even more degen, I couldn't help but look over at Cool Bet and jump on the Bears at plus 150 on the money line. And uh, the Bears came through. So shout out to the Bears. 1-0 and on the NFL season with the picks right now. Uh, but we'll get to those a little bit later on when we uh, when we do it for Cool Bet. And as I mentioned, there's a really neat uh, Cool Bet special tonight on Nathan Rourke and the British Columbia Lions going into Saskatchewan. Just quickly, uh, before we get to, uh, before we get to uh, um, uh, the, the CFL, um, Remo, the other story that we should touch on uh, of more serious, and we're sort of having fun with Brady being on The Masked Singer. Um, the personal reasons have been well documented for Carey Price, what he's been through off the ice as well as injury-wise. And, you know, late yesterday after the program, uh, Jeff Gorton, GM of the Montreal Canadiens, spoke about Carey Price's situation, and they said they do not expect him to be able to play this season. And uh, you have to think that if Carey Price is unable to play this year, there's a very good chance that we've seen the last of uh, an all-time great in the net in the National Hockey League. Yeah, Kent Hughes saying at this point in time, the news in terms of his knee is pretty discouraging in the sense that there hasn't been any improvement through the rehab process all last season. Um, so he went through what he had a shot to the knee, and they don't expect him to be available for the start of the season. And Harry Price, a you know all-time great goalie for. Montreal taking them to the cup final, uh, you know, goalieing for being a goalie for Team Canada as well in the Olympics. Um, you know, 35 years old, has this massive contract, but I mean, and you hear, you know, every player loves playing for Carey Price and think the world of him, but um, it's kind of a sad, it could be a very sad ending um, to what has been a great career, you know, 35 years old and, um, you know, personal problems before was in the player assistance program in 20. 20- 21 
And then now with the knee issue, so you know, you hope the best for him. You hope it's not the end, but seemingly uh, he may have played his last game uh, in the NHL. So that's that was the latest on Carey Price, and they signed what Jake Allen before to be a backup because they didn't really have one, mm -hmm. and it seems like Allen is going to be the guy for them going forward. Yeah, and I mean, you will recall that Carey Price did return at the end of last season. He played in five games for the Montreal Canadiens. He was 1-4, and four, had an 878 save percentage. I mean, the numbers don't really matter. I mean, you know, the season was done for the, for the Habs. They pretty much all but locked up uh, a very good chance at the number one overall pick, which they ended up getting and taking Slavskovsky over Shane Wright in Montreal at the draft. Uh, but Carey Price has been such a big part of Montreal Canadiens history since 2007-2008 and a massive part of Canadian hockey history with, of course, his participations <clears throat> on gold, medling, uh, gold medal winning Olympic teams. So um, if, if this is the case, I mean, I don't think it really changes much for the Habs. I mean, this is a team that is rebuilding right now. I think they're going to be um, much like the trade they made yesterday with Sean Monaghan to take on that salary cap space. I think they're in a position where they're not looking to contend this year. They're looking to get another great draft pick and, you know, hopefully in a few years have, you know, something to show for a few really lean seasons. And it's still, it is incredible when you think of the fact that they were first overall pick in the draft this year and the year before they'd made it all to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, I think we'd have to go through NHL history to see whether that has ever happened before in the past. A team that was in the finals ending up picking first the next year with their own selection. Um, but as we've seen before in the NHL, especially this year more than any, we'll, be in, we'll start getting some odds over a cool bet as to who will finish last in the National Hockey League. Uh, because as much as everyone's going to be talking, you know, we'll naturally looking at the standings and you talk about the President's Trophy, not that it really means very much other than you probably might not win the Cup. The race to the bottom this year is going to be one of the biggest stories in the NHL, and I think that's going to start right in October for uh, seeing whether it's the Coyotes, whether it's the Habs. My pick, the Blackhawks, to be the worst team in the league and give them the best chance of picking Connor Bedard, who, of course, will be lacing it up with Canada later on today in the semifinals of the World Junior Hockey Championship Summer Edition in Edmonton. We have a slogan yet. Is it bottom out for Bedard or bottom for Bedard? Is that what... What's been decided by shit uh, the bed for Bedard, <laughs> and I, I agree. I th I was under the impression that what Montreal and Chicago just had all the first round picks next year. They've they've been scooping them up everywhere. Um, I mean the most blatant, obvious tanking that we've seen since the what the math or the Eichel McDavid draft or the Leafs gunning for Austin Matthews that year. It's kind of gross, but you see the Bedard release in the world juniors. And you're kind of like, yeah, this kind of makes, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, you know, that's a guy who can change your franchise. And we saw it happen with Toronto and, and Edmonton, not as much Buffalo when they got Jack Eichel and tank, but that may not be yeah. Eichel entirely Eichel's fault. Well, no, but I mean, here's the thing about that season, like the McDavid year, McDavid Eichel is that, I mean, to me, that was the most obvious egregious tank job we've seen. Um, but it worked for Buffalo in that, if you finished last, you had a very good chance. You had the best chance of getting Connor McDavid. But if you didn't get McDavid, you were guaranteed of the number two pick. Now, they've since changed the rules where if you're number one and just ask Steve Eiserman of the Detroit Red Wings, you could fall back three spots. That wasn't the case then. So by finishing last, you guaranteed yourself Jack Eichel and gave yourself the best chance for Connor McDavid. Obviously, they were... 
swiped out by the uh, Edmonton Oilers, the draft lottery champions for the better part of that decade, who got Connor McDavid, and he's obviously doing what he's doing right now in northern Alberta with the Oilers. Uh, but at the time, it seemed like it was a pretty good second prize to get Jack Eichel. Didn't work out entirely well for the Buffalo Sabres, but say what, I think they're on a, on a much better track right now having traded Jack Eichel with some of the young players that they had and, and the, the positive progression that the Buffalo Sabres had last night. Um, so we'll hit on some of this with Rewicki a little bit later on. But we are going to get to Sarah Orleski and uh, her new spot moving over from TSN to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, so we'll get to that in just a minute. Before we do that, um, do want to thank our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. You know that Win uh, Vita Health is stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural grocery supplements and beauty products, all at great prices, featuring an amazing grab-and-go deli where you can pop in any day and pick up fresh sandwiches, soups, and salads, healthy, delicious for you on the go. And, of course, another great weekend coming up here in Manitoba. Make the most of it. If you're thinking about an incredible spread for the barbecue, Vita Health there for you as well. Delicious and healthy lean bison steaks, burgers, chicken, hot dogs, burgers, and more. And um, non-alcoholic options for your guests, including sober carpenter beers and clever mocktails. It's all there at Vita Health. Seven locations in Winnipeg, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. And check them out online at their fully shoppable website at myvita.ca. Uh, hey, Wallace and Wallace, not only Winnipeg's fencing specialists, and what a great day when they sponsored at Bark in the Park last week. Uh, Westy's still loving that dog run that he got from Wallace and Wallace. They're also working with Clope, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world. And despite supply chain issues, you can still get a beautiful new garage door delivered and installed within four weeks, just in time for back to school, hockey tryouts, dance recitals, that time of the year where if you've got a young family, that garage door is going up and down nonstop as the whip goes in and out. Um, and speaking of doors, you might not know, but a new garage door can add up to 4% to the value of your home. Uh, with 161 styles to choose from, there's a garage door style that's right for your home. Visit them at wallacedoors.com. Give them a call or visit their showroom on Lawson Road. All right, I've got my appointment to pick up and try on my new F Apparel suit. A um, couple, a few weeks ago, went in, saw Andrew and his great staff at F Apparel at 190 Smith Street, got completely suited up, got a chance to pick some styles, fabrics, and more for a suit, as well as a great deal for the summer, three shirts for $210. F's custom suits begin at 400 bucks. Guys, everyone needs at least one suit that fits and looks great for the upcoming fall and winter. If you've been sleeping on that, get on down to F Apparel now and get working on it. And by the way, if you've got a wedding plan for the winter or next year, don't waste your money on renting suits or tuxes for the event. Talk to F. Get beautiful suits for you and the guys that you can wear into the future at a great price, and you'll get 15% off as well from F Apparel. Visit them online or make an appointment, F. That's ephapparel.com, or pop down and visit them at 190 Smith Street. And, hey, big shout-out to our friends at Aikens Lake. Yeah, we, uh, we did have one master angler of our group a couple weeks ago. I was just checking online some more absolute hogs coming out of the water these days. If you're thinking about an incredible friends and family trip or maybe a long overdue corporate retreat, 
where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg, including your flight. Aikens Lake is the spot, but really as great as the fishing is, the best part about it is the hospitality and the people when you get there, led by Pitt Turan and his family. Aikenslake.com online. Check him out on Twitter at Aikens Lake. All right. Rawiki coming up a little later on. We'll also hook up with Hacksaw for a little NFL news and notes. Marbles, of course, but let's get to it. Cannot wait for this next one as we welcome in our great friend, Sarah Orleski, to talk about a new chapter in her professional career. Sarah, what's going on? Thanks so much for taking time. I know you're getting ready for a big football game tonight. Yeah, it should be a great game with, uh, I'm in Regina, so we've got BC Lions and the Riders, so it should be a good one. But yeah, it's been, it has been a very busy week <laughs> so far. No doubt about it. Well, I mean, first off, congratulations. Um, you've had just an incredible run at TSN, but um, tell us about the opportunity with the Winnipeg Jets and True North and um, why uh, that was the right thing for you at times. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, has, I mean, I've been at TSN since January 2008, so it's been a it's been a fantastic run I've had there, and it's certainly bittersweet. It was not an easy decision for me. I love uh, my colleagues, and I love the work that I get to do at TSN. Uh, but you know, the Jets had came had come to me and had and have given me this almost in some ways a clean slate of of looking at what I wanted to do content wise and what sort of things interested me. And I just think that there's a ton of potential there and I don't have to travel the same way that I am right now. And for anyone that's, you know, watching, especially CFL this season, I feel like I'm in the airport or in a hotel uh, every other day. So it's just, I think that all around it's going to work out. It's going to work out better for me. And I'm just thrilled at the opportunity. I just think that there's so much, of potential there and i i know obviously everybody um over with uh, the jets and on the true north side as well and they just have such a great group over there so i'm so excited to be able to join them and just hopefully uh complement what they're what they've been doing now um you know people are obviously excited about this move i mean uh, for jet fans more sarah is a good thing I, i'll we'll ask it i'm not sure if you can even answer this right now with the season coming on whether there's things to be announced but um can you tell us a little bit more about i mean uh, we, we saw they put you to work right away interviewing mark shifley <laughs> this week but um you know as far as over the course of the season um is this going to be something uh will there be regular sarah i know you're still going to be involved in the broadcast i mean what whatever you can tell us right now fill us in on uh, what your role is going to be and know where people will be able to see your content i'm going to say that it's going to continue to evolve and that'll be my generic vague way of saying that i don't have all the details yet for it but um i do know that i'm going to be able to still um make a contribution uh, at times on the tsn broadcast which i'm really happy about because obviously that you know for so many years i i looked at that as being my baby um having been there since the very beginning with it but in terms of the content, one of the things, and this is what really uh, it was so exciting about this opportunity, is that I've always felt as if you know, we haven't really learned a lot about the Jets over the years in terms of obviously on the ice. Yes, everyone knows that. And there's a ton of, um, there's a lot of coverage of them. But when it comes to learning more about people away from the ice and doing things like that. And, and the access hasn't necessarily been there in the past. And that's really a focus for this upcoming season and beyond. And so that's what really was exciting to me because I love doing, 
um, bigger features and not just talking about the X's and O's of what's going on, but really being able to hopefully show fans better glimpses of what the personalities of these guys are like, because we always, you know, we see them in scrums or for the last couple of years, they've been up at the podium answering questions because of COVID and you just don't have the opportunity there to be able to learn more about them. And if there's one thing that, especially in this week, that the feedback that I've had from fans is that they can't wait to be able to learn more about the Winnipeg Jets. So I'm going to be doing, that's going to be a primary focus and we'll roll out um, those features. We're um, hoping to do it in a series format. So uh, very, very excited about that. And then also gonna start, gonna revamp the post-game show it as well and there'll be pre-game content too so there's there's a ton of potential but really i'm excited i'm hoping that jets fans want to start to get into the habit if they aren't already of being able to go to that jets website to be able to find out more about the players but then also on a game-to-game -game basis go there so that they know that um the post-game coverage or pre-game information is there for them and it becomes it becomes a regular part of their viewing just the way that it would if um if it was a regular channel on the television you know obviously that that bit about um, you know enhanced post game will be exciting to fans have you wrapped your head around or do you even know how different your game days are going to be in your new role as opposed to uh the last 10 years well you know, there's only 24 hours in a day and I'm really finding, I used to think that I needed more. Now I know I need more <laughs> in order right now to try to wrap around uh, my head around everything. And as you said, I mean, the details haven't all been finalized in terms of what exactly the post-game show is going to look like. But I know that, and this was always one of uh, my biggest things, even with um, TSN is that I know how much Jets fans clamor for um, information and how much, you know, once the game is done, you almost feel there's some great um, online um, platforms that come up later on. But I just know, yeah, I mean, you know, Jets fans love, they want to know what's going on right away. They want to be able um, to have when the game ends, they want to be able to have another outlet that they're able to go to find out um, more about it so that their night with the Jets isn't just immediately over. So um, we're still working out what exactly the post-game show is going to look like. I had a discussion the other day. I said I thought that a half-hour post-game show sounded good. I've got grand ideas. So <laughs> so, so, we'll, so being able to work in conjunction with all the great people over there, I know that everyone's really excited at um, being able to create um, create more and to be able to help serve the fans more and give them what they want. So it'll I'll have more details for you if you want to have me on in a couple of weeks or in a month and I'll be able to finalize it more. But I have notebooks even in my hotel room right now. I've got my CFL notebooks on one side and then I have my Jets notebooks on the other as I'm trying to you know, sketch out exactly what um, what I'm hoping things are going to look like. Well, selfishly, yeah. But speaking of coming on the show, I just hope you've got more time to jump on with us and talk about what you're doing with uh, with the Jets, because uh, you certainly know that's a a prime topic here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, you've had this incredible run and have made so many um, close relationships, um, you know, with the TSN family. Uh, I have to admit, this must be in some ways bittersweet because you have been such a huge part of CFL broadcast for so long. Um, you know, this is a great move for you and your family, and you said, but uh, at the same time, it's not easy. And uh, what are these final games going to be like for you? Well, I've cried a lot 
us. <laughs> I said, poor. So my game last week in, in Calgary, um, it was the last game that we'll have worked with Dwayne Ford because he's, uh, he's not on any of the final broadcasts that I'm scheduled for. And yeah, so I got super emotional. He's leaving for the airport and I started to tear up again because, you know, when you look, not only have Dwayne and I worked together um, the entire time at TSN, but we go back to the score days too and um, and doing CFL coverage there and Vanny Cups together. And and so I people often talk about, um, you know, this is this is our team. This is, we cover teams and this is our team. And I've always said it's more like a family. This is, these. I mean, I've spent so many, so many hours and so many, um, and experienced so many different moments with, with a bunch of these people. And it's just the CFL in particular is such a labor of love for everyone that's involved with it. So it's, it's very emotional. Um, I said, I've, I've shed a lot of tears (laughs) and I, but I've also really tried to soak in the moments. One thing that I will, I would say this to people, I mean, in any line of work, but certainly people that are um, in ours is is to really um, take a moment to be present and to appreciate what you're doing it's because I am so guilty of just you know nose to the grindstone and not uh, not truly necessarily experiencing or taking in the moments that I've been able to be a part of and you think I mean I've done every great cup on TSN so far and you think about some of the great cups that we have seen not even just bomber related over the last couple of years but when you think about the 13th man or you think about some of the emotion when um, Anthony Calvillo won Alouettes and then announced uh, his health battles. And there's just, there's so many, there's so many different moments. And in some ways I get to the end of all of it and it's just a blur because it's, I haven't really, um, I haven't really sat back and appreciated them to the same sort of degree. And so that's something that I've really tried to do. I've known recently for a while that I'm going to be, leaving um so i've really tried to take it all in and and one of the reasons that i've stayed on as long as i have throughout this summer and and won't be taking a break between the transition is just my my love for the cfl but also just my love for um, the people that i work with and i'm on so i was on so many games this summer that i didn't want to leave anybody know shorthanded and I didn't want to just I didn't want to just walk away I wanted to be able to um yeah I wanted to be able to make the transition as easy as possible yeah it's going to be a major wake-up call for a few of your uh, colleagues that all of a sudden have to start doing sidelines and see how many games you've been doing the last little while we'll get to that um your final game is scheduled to be the Banjo Bowl right here in Winnipeg and um I mean, that's always the biggest regular season game of the year. It's already sold out. But I can tell you in the chat, it is already being referred to as the Sarah Orleski game. Um, I I mean, this is going to be I I would imagine you might have to pack a couple extra Kleenex for uh, for that game. I mean, but honestly, what an incredible venue and way to uh, to finish up and transition now to the new role with the Jets. See, how's you're making me cry now? I don't (laughs) Dear me, I'm tearing up with it. This is, no, I'll save all your viewers because I, I go into full ugly cry, so I won't subject anyone to that. But, <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, you know what? I was originally supposed to, uh, I was originally supposed to end, we had decided on the Labor Day game. So I'll be doing the game from um, here in Regina, and then I'll also do the Battle of Alberta afterwards and thought okay that'll be good and then they came back to me and said you know how about you stay on for one more game and it just seems fitting if you end it with the banjo bowl and i thought about it and 
and it certainly does. And the response from people this week has been truly, uh, I mean, it's just absolutely overwhelming. And the support, you know, as wonderful as people have been, and um, I mean, the the support that I have received from CFL fans and of course fans in Winnipeg have just been, uh, I mean, it's just, it moves me to tears and and people often ask me ask about being a female in sports and just you know it's obviously it is a male-dominated industry still even though um we are we've made a lot of um a lot of progress for it and i always say that the respect that i have received from players coaches and fans is just it's been overwhelming like it's just from the beginning and and if you can walk around i always use this as my example if you can walk around on the sidelines and people that have consumed a number of them a lot of pops we shall say <laughs> all down there and all that they do is you know exuberantly chant your name <laughs> for it that's pretty good <laughs> I will take that as a massive win <laughs> and just a sign of, of the mutual respect. I think that hopefully fans know how much um, I've appreciated them over the year and they've certainly always treated me just so kindly. Well, honestly, we're the lucky ones in Winnipeg because, I mean, if you were a CFL fan, um, you've um, spent a lot of time with you over the years. And uh, while you won't be on the CFL broadcast, we'll be getting um, all of your content right here in Winnipeg, focusing on the Winnipeg Jets in the new role with the True North Sports and Entertainment. Uh, it is an exciting time. I know these will be some emotional gains for you, Sarah, but um, for you and your family, I think this is great. And obviously it's a coup for the Winnipeg Jets to get you on board. Listen, while I've got you here, and we're talking about the exciting future. I can't miss one of the few opportunities we'll have to talk about the CFL before you officially turn over. We've got a big game tonight, and i got to tell you, this Nathan Rourke, um, you've been covering this league for a long time. This is one of the greatest stories I can remember ever. And um, for a Bomber team that's been so good, we've got a team that's right on their heels right now with 7-1 and one, being led by a historic season by a Canadian quarterback. So the first time that I saw Rourke play in person was just a few weeks ago, actually, when they played here in Regina. And I walked away. And obviously, I mean, I'd seen him play on television. And I walked away and went, I cannot believe what I just witnessed. Because in that game, remember, I mean, they were down. They didn't look good early on. They were trailing in the second quarter. And then all of a sudden, he came alive. And just what you were watching would have been impressive if this had been a veteran quarterback, never mind, um, you know, a young, what is he, 24? Yeah. I, I mean, his first as a starter. He is just so poised. He's so incredibly impressive to watch in person and I, and I think that, I mean, as much as BC Lions fans should go, any market in which BC comes to town, he is worth the price of admission. Beyond watching the home team, he is just, it, it's incredible to see. And then you watch what he did every week, he puts up more and more um, yards and better numbers. He breaks his own records, it says, it seems every week. But the poise that he shows, there's just no panic. And it even with, I mean, I was on their sideline last week um, in Calgary and where it was a minute and a half left and they're down. And, and I said, okay, well, you know, if what's the post-game plans? I was talking with their, uh, the head of their media relations. And so he goes, um, oh, this is what we're doing post-game. But we're going to win. And so what the winning team, I always speak to a couple of players on the field right afterwards. And I said, okay, yep. 
great, sure. And I walked over to the stamp sideline thinking, yeah, you could. I mean, we all know a minute and a half is still a lot of time in the CFL, but but I wasn't convinced of it. And then you watch the final drive and you just, I mean, he's just, yeah, it's it's impressive. I can't say enough good things about him. And Huss, if you ever get the chance to interview him, I don't know if you have, he is so incredibly humble and just this, he's so light and he just, it's he's one of those ones that, it doesn't matter what team you cheer for. I think that if you are a fan of football and you're a fan of the CFL, you have to cheer for a guy like Nathan Rourke because he's just, he is the real deal on the field and off. Well, the funny thing is you might have some. And he's a Packers fan. fan. Yeah. Well, really? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you know, you might even have some bomber fans actually cheering for the riders tonight, just out of the fact that, this is a real threat. Listen, if the CFL was a video game, we know that the Bombers are the final boss right now, but uh, with what BC's done so far and, and with the way the schedule works out with these final two games between the teams, that Bombers' final two games of the regular season, we could be, for the first time in a while, talking be talking about an incredible race of the two best teams in the Canadian Football League going at it for home field, which I think we know will be incredibly important. I mean, I really feel like the Bombers will be almost impossible to beat at home in the cold outside in November. Could be a very different story, though, uh, despite the Bombers' win in BC place, if BC can somehow get first place. So it's going to be an incredibly exciting second half of the season, even at the top of the West Division with teams that you know will be in the playoffs. Absolutely. Plus, you think that if the, I mean, if the riders win here, that it just mixes things up a little bit more in terms of what could happen in, in that race in, in the West, which, I mean, I have to think that one of the teams is going to be crossing over um, into the East this year. But I, I'm with you. Look, I don't think anyone, if the Bombers win the West, I don't think anyone comes into IG Field, um, at IG Field and wins, period. I don't think that they come in in November um and win and i know but i know that when speaking with the other teams i mean if you if you're not looking at first i mean you you know all these guys want to be able to lock up second and get home for that semi-final and because if you're calgary you want to be playing at mcmahon you do not want to go into you do not want to go into bc place with the way that they're playing but i just think it's so great for the league there's excitement around it and i think that um especially if the riders were to be able to pull it off that then you are able to, um, yeah, you're just able to have excite even more excitement down the right. I know Bombers fans, you know, want them to run away with it, and the, and that's great. But from an overall league perspective, it just adds so much excitement if there's um, a lot at play in the no, in the final weeks. No doubt about it. Sarah Oleski's with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. So, I mean, CFL fans will be savoring the games that you're remaining. You mentioned tonight, BC and uh, the Riders, and then uh, they got you doing a double dip. You're back at it tomorrow as well? No, this is my only one, so I get to uh, I get to come home. Oh, wow, a, a rare one-game weekend for you? Rare, I know, huh? <laughs> so they must know that I have a lot of yard work that needs to get to. <laughs> Um, so no, just the one game and then obviously Bombers game next week, a couple Labor Day ones, and then we'll wrap it up with the Banjo Bowl. Well, listen, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on the new gig. I think everyone really excited about what that's going to mean for you personally, but as well for the content that we as Winnipeg Jet fans get to see on a regular basis. And, uh, as I said, now that you'd be so focused in just on the squad, uh, hopefully we've got a little bit more time to have you jump on with us and, uh, chop it up here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I would love to. You reach out. I'd love to come on anytime. 
Sarah, have a great weekend. We'll look forward to seeing you on the tube tonight. We really appreciate it. And best of luck with the new opportunity. Thanks so much. And thanks for the support. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks again to Sarah for joining us. And we'll look forward to seeing her in her final few games on TSN. And as we mentioned, that Banjo Bowl, always the biggest game of the regular season for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at on home field. Uh, but certainly for Bomber fans, fans of the Canadian Football League, um, will be, uh, you know, one of those days, I think, knowing that, um, you know, a real legend is leaving the sidelines after um, doing such an incredible job for 14 years. But TSN's loss is our game here, our gain here in Winnipeg and really looking forward to what Sarah has in the content department working over for the home team, the Winnipeg Jets. All right, Rewiki's coming up. Got to thank our friends at Culligan Water for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. You know Culligan, the experts in the water game for over 65 years in Winnipeg, family-owned. They've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, not to mention commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whether it's for the home, the cottage, the office, Culligan is there for you. Give them a call, 694-5180. 1200 Sergeant Avenue if you want to pop in and see them or check them out online with everything they can do for you and your family at drinkculligan.com. Our friends at Royal Sports are ready for the weekend, but also for the turn of the season. Hockey just around the corner and Royal for over 35 years has been the hockey superstore in town. Where at whatever level you're playing, however big you are, kids to seniors, the equipment uh, is unparalleled at Royal, not to mention the biggest selection of goalie equipment are around. Uh, but it's so much more than hockey. The best selection of licensed merchandise, whether it be Winnipeg Jets, Bombers, NHL, NBA, a ton of NFL uh, gear coming in as well, getting ready for kickoff. It's all there at Royal Sports. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Another big tent sale coming up in September, so keep an eye on that. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Uh, weekend is here, and our friends at Not Auto Corp are counting down till uh, the big game on Thursday for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But in the meantime, if you are in the market for a new car, before you do anything, go check out what the gang has gone over at Not. Um, an incredible selection of vehicles on the lot. And if there's a particular make and model that you've got your heart set on, talk to the experts at Not. They'll source it, find it, and get it here for the best possible price. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? They're at Waverly and McGilvery and online at Not.ca. And a big shout out to our friends at Breezy Bend. Got the lid on today, um, but it's Southwood where the action is. And when we talk golf, we do it for Breezy Bend. Mark Shifley teeing off in about an hour actually less than an hour at Southwoods. if you're thinking about getting out to the event um there's gonna be a lot of golf because they didn't play yesterday you got to squeeze four rounds in three days so a lot happening right now we can tell you that Derek Oland is your clubhouse leader got out early and dropped an eight under 64 at Southwood he's got a two-shot lead over Americans Gavin Hall and Mitchell Shaw. As of right now, top Canadian on the board 
is Thomas Code at three under par, along with Canadian Miles Creighton. Uh, Braxton Koontz of Breezy Bend, the back-to-back -back Manitoba amateur and junior champion playing with Mark Shifley. That group will be a real feature group for the first couple days. They go off at 240. Get on down there. Parking on site. Should be a great event for the for the Manitoba Open. And a big thanks to Breezy for their sponsorship of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Check them out online at breezybend.ca. And thinking about making Breezy your golfing home for next season. All right, let's get Rewicki in here. And, you know, thank God. The people would have just lost it if he'd worn a hat two weeks in a row. The hair is looking good. And the big guy's back with us on the program. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah, jacked for the weekend. I actually, it's it's a quiet house here for once because the uh, the wife and the baby are off to the cabin, so I don't I don't really know what to do with myself right now. <laughs> well, a happy hour starts in an hour. I'll be done at three p.m. Let's go. <laughs> um, hey, you know what? I I want to get listen. There's hockey and football, everything. Uh, have you seen this? Tom Brady is actually doing the masked singer theory that's going on are yeah. you are you buying this i i i want to believe this so badly i knew you would have a take on it yeah well i have a take because uh guilty pleasure is actually the masked singer so i've <laughs> I've, I've watched every season now and the schedules line up there is a recording session august 20th at fox <laughs> studios of course it is now having said that if he goes as far or farther than gronk did when he did mass singer will be an ultimate travesty because gronk should have been out in round one because he all, all he did was just like he just wrapped vanilla ice for like five shows in a row and he, he almost won the damn thing so <laughs> it kind of sucked like i would have liked the surprise to see him you know like the unmasking of brady if if he does end up going on the show but i i wonder i wonder what the pipes are like like if is he i don't think he's gonna do the gronk like gronk was clearly only gonna be like look i'm doing 90s rap songs and i'm gonna do them very poorly but i i wonder like I wonder what Brady's go-to tracks are going to be. Celine Dion or something like that. Yeah. I think that that's probably <laughs> my heart will go on by the Super Bowl, the six-time, seven-time Super Bowl winning QB. Anyways, hilarious story right now. We kind of touched on it off the top. Go down the your own rabbit hole on Reddit or Twitter if you want to see that. And uh, But I knew you were a mass singer guy, so I wanted to get to that. Hey, I, I just remembered that the semifinals of the World Junior Hockey Championships are coming up in about an hour right now. Um, Remus and I, just uh, during a break, we're checking out the uh, the available tickets right now. Take a guess at what the get-in price for this game this afternoon is. Canada, Czech Republic, two tickets, no parking, no anything like that. What do you think? Cheapest seats. Let's just go check out this game this afternoon. Ten bucks a pop? Uh, 175 a pop. Oh, stop it. Yeah, 350 if you really want to go to the game, if you got 350 bucks, we can grab a pair of tickets. It th this tournament, I mean, really was a disaster from the get-go. Um, I'm not sure what happens going forward because, of course, we've got another World Juniors in Canada, in Halifax at Christmas. I I I'm sure this will be night and day compared to this one. But um, man, the combination of the postponement. The market of Edmonton, which has had so many events, doing it in August, and then uh, we can't ignore the elephant in the room. I yeah. mean, everything that's happened with Hockey Canada over the last few years. I mean, it's sort of been a perfect storm to take something that was seen as maybe one of the crown jewels of Canadian sports built up by TSN, that all being said, um, to where it is right now. I mean, an afterthought in uh, in that market. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, that was kind of my initial thought, honestly, is like everything that's been going on with Hockey Canada right now. And I think price gouging is is the best avenue to go to try to build back some good. It's just the, the whole thing. You're right. It's been terrible and it's been awful. And it's been, you know, maybe what stood out the most to me is just how insanely poorly it's been marketed because I just found out that there's a semifinal game today by you telling me that there's a semifinal game <laughs> an hour before. Like, I, we're not talking about, you know, like Canada versus Latvia, you know, uh, 9 p.m. in a group stage. Like, this is to get into the gold medal game. And these poor kids who have been waiting forever and ever to just to, to play the damn tournament are are basically doing so with, like, family and friends in the crowd and, and nobody watching it there and, and nobody really watching it on TV. So... I mean, that's always who I feel worse for in these situations is the players who are put into an unenviable spot. And then they're they're the ones that ultimately get the short end of the stick. And just I guess you just hope it doesn't happen again, you know, on, under a normal schedule on once Boxing Day gets underway. Yeah, I, I you know, and I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, the, this experience, I mean, if you're if you're a 2000 or however young these kids are right now, 2001, 2002, I guess probably 2003, some oh, of God. these guys, I don't even know. Oh, listen, we're going to just date ourselves when we get Stop. to how old Bedard is right now. <laughs> but I mean, they basically grown up watching this tournament, dreaming of playing in it as well as eventually making it to the National Hockey League. And you know, it was a bit of a gong show at Christmas and, you know, it fell apart very quickly and that was sad. And I understood why they wanted to do it and give these young men the opportunity to play for their country. And, you know, certainly you know, it's a huge development moment for many players and this will be the highest they ever go. But to have it in this atmosphere being so night and day from any tournament that we've had before really is sort of sad. Um, that being said, tough news. Ridley Gregg out for Canada today. Uh, but Connor Bedard is worth the price of admission. And if you hadn't seen him before, you're getting a chance to see what he can do right now with Team Canada. But it's quite clear, Brandon, that the rest of the National Hockey League has seen all they need to know about Bedard and this upcoming draft class. Because I think we are on the verge of seeing historic tanking. If the moves that the Blackhawks have made are any indication, this, never mind the President's Trophy, this season for a good portion of the league is going to be all about a race to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if this was college football, I don't think Bedard would set foot on the field for, for one game this season, right? You know what I mean? Like, the way he's played in this tournament, dude, just take the year off, relax, <laughs> get picked first overall, whether you play one game or 100. Um, but that, that is going to be a fascinating... It, it's really, you know, like the... I guess Austin Matthews would have been the last, like, big-time wow factor number one pick. I may, like, Lafreniere, probably below that, but but Matthews would have been the big one there. But even then, you know, like, Line was kind of the slow riser up the boards that year. You got to go back to the McDavid draft class. The last time we've seen something like this, where you have, you know, like a, another Connor at the top of the draft, but... The, the Mitchkov Russian kid, Fantilli, there, there's a few others that are... Zach Benson. Yeah, Zach Benson, like, right? Like, it, it's, it is loaded, loaded. Bedard is the, the jewel of everything, and he's going to be just ridiculous to watch. But, man, oh, man, like, locking in, never mind just winning the draft lottery, but locking in a top five spot, it borderline guarantees what you would think would be an all-star for the next 10 years or so. So it's... I mean, as a Flyers fan, I've got a warped sense of interest in this because while not trying to tank, just sheer incompetence is going to land them inside of that race. But it, oh, you it, guys will trade the pick. 
just just don't don't put that out in the universe. We don't need we don't need Chuck Flight. I know I know Chuck's a big WST guy. We don't need him talking <laughs> trades with first round picks or anything like that. But um, you know, even like watching Montreal, not even the the trade for Monaghan, but uh Carey Price's knee, I don't think he's gonna play this year. Oh, well that isn't that convenient for for a team that just picked first overall traded Shea Weber, who is never going to play again, and now their starting goalie that they've based their entire team around is unlikely to play a single game this season. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of the ugly subplot of all this is going to be like how many teams start shelving guys and how soon do they start shelving them if they pick up a little nick or a bruise here and there and and send them to LTIR Island for, for the rest of the year just to grab a couple extra percentage points in the Bedar lottery. Well, you mentioned Monaghan. I mean, let... And I know you've been critical on the Jets' lack of activity, and there's you're certainly not the only one. I mean, we're waiting for something to happen. I still think that you know this team will be different by the time we get to training camp, but the clock's ticking. Uh, Brad Treleving has not done very much waiting right now. I mean, to go from losing Johnny Gaudreau in the fashion that they did to being forced into trading Matthew Kachuk to a very limited number of teams, and to now be looking at their team with Jonathan Huberto signed long term. Mackenzie Weger in the mix, and now Nazem Kadri on a seven-year deal at seven million bucks. There is risk involved. I mean, you know, in five, six years, we'll see how good these contracts look. I mean, it's just part of signing guys to long-term deals. But right now, I mean, there's some people that are making make an argument that the Flames are better right now than they <laughs> were at the end of last season. Um, it has really been a masterclass of staying competitive, especially in a Canadian market. And, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, you look at the team that they have, and you know what? They're they're not as explosive out on the wing, but they're deeper down the middle. And they picked up a stud defenseman to go along with what was, what was already a really good decor. The team that finished first in the Pacific by a country mile last year probably did get better. It, it's it's mind-blowing, the, the shuffling that's been able, and, and doing also with no leverage in, in any of these deals. In any of them, right? Like, it's... It's whether or not you agree with it, and it's pretty clear that Calgary is doing the old, you know what, five, six years down the road, that's a problem for future us, and, and we'll deal with that five to six years down the road because they're they're, they're going to be in a world of hurt, I think. But they, I, I wonder if they've talked to Daryl Sutter about this, and Sutter's like, I got two to three years left of coaching in me, and Brad Trilliving's like, that's great because we're going to be gunning for it for two to three years, and the franchise is going to be in a tough spot after that, but. I, I like it. I, I think when you have Edmonton and Calgary competitive at the same time, that's always a plus for the NHL. And, and to have more potential Battle of Alberta's, Battle of Alberta in, in the near future, it's it's just it's a win-win for everybody here. I I mean, usually GM of the year is awarded like at the end of the year, and it's usually we'll we'll pick three of the top four conference finalists, and away we go. But man, I'll I'll put my vote in for Brad Living right now. If you want to talk about actually doing what a GM is supposed to do and, and shaping their team. To, wait to the wait a second. Are we going to, are we going to have to call our friends in Ottawa and tell them to take down the off season champions oh, banner that we already yeah. gave them? There's a new, there's a new <laughs> sheriff in town. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll say this, you know, being a Jets fan and being here in Winnipeg and, you know, hoping the team moves forward. Um, You know, obviously there's some frustration and still major questions about how this team looks going into next season and what happens. But for all the doom and gloom, I think for a lot of people in Canadian hockey fans to see the way Brad Treleving pulled a full-fledged WWE-style reversal on the uh, the hand that he was dealt and to see 
a team that has struggled the way the Ottawa Senators have for so many years have the offseason that he has, that they've had. I think there are some good things to take away just for Canadian, smaller Canadian markets in general, that it is possible to make some significant moves, especially with the salary cap the way it is. And there's only so much money to be given around. We will talk in a second about the teams that have to get under the cap. Um, Canadian teams, if they've got the cap space, can still make that work. The Sens did it with Debrinkat and then Giroux. And certainly, I mean, Brad Treliving going out for dinner with Jonathan Huberto, showing what he offered Johnny Gaudreau and saying he can have it and getting that done. Um, uh, pretty impressive. But I think there's something to be optimistic about that. You know, it's not you're completely out of it being in a Canadian market right now. And Treleving and Dorian have shown the way this summer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny how all the... All the talk a little like a few weeks ago about nobody who ever wants to play in Canada ever again gets quieted down when, you know, maybe the number two player on the free agent market signs a seven year deal worth just about 50 million dollars. It's look, there there needs to be there needs to be aggression. There needs to be a plan and there needs to be maybe a, a bit of good luck thrown in there as well. But you, you can't tell me that it can't be done. And and Calgary and Ottawa went about it in, in really two separate ways. but. I mean, come on. I know I know Winnipeg isn't the crown jewel of the, the NHL or anything like that, but I mean Ottawa's been a tire fire for, for how many years now, yet they've been able to bring in a couple big name guys, one via free agency and and one via trade. And a guy that didn't have a no trade clause. So again, you don't have to worry about no trade clauses and having people block a move there if if they don't have one. There's a number of talented guys in the NHL that do have one. So yeah, it, it is possible. Um, players do want to sign in, in, in Canada. Not everybody wants to go down south. Um, people do like living in this country and in big cities like, you know, Calgary and, and so on and so on. So I, I was never really in the doom and gloom group that, that said this is the end and, and NHLers are only ever going to want to play in the U.S. from here on forward. It was just a, a major overreaction to a couple of high-profile ones that all happened at the exact same time. Well, and I got to tell you, I was talking with my buddy Pat Steinberg in Calgary, and uh, I mean, the 180 that's happened around that team and the fan base. I mean, think about where they were a few months ago. I mean, bowing out four straight after winning game number one in the first battle at Alberta in 31 years. Incredible disappointment. You have to watch the Oilers move on to the conference finals. And then that's followed up with the double gut punch of Johnny Gaudreau leaving 15 mil on the table to go to Columbus, and then Matthew Kachuk saying that he's not uh, he's not going to be sticking around. And, I mean, the way they've handled it, I think, is probably inspiring for the fan base. They're ready to go. Um, but, of course, bringing it back to Winnipeg, we're still waiting for those moves to be made. Now, the one thing that did happen this week, and, of course, as Remus mentioned, the Jets' biggest off-season acquisition and signing is our good friend Sarah Orleski that just joined <laughs> us on the program. They put her to work right away to talk to Mark Shifley to try to get ahead, I'm sure, of what would be waiting for Mark at training camp. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the interview and heard what he had to say. Uh, what did you think about the way he handled um, the first greeting with the media and sort of the explanation uh, saying, oh, sort of the media blew it all out of proportion? I mean, uh, um, the good thing is he was in real positive spirits, and I think that is the most important thing for the Winnipeg Jets. They need to have a good aura and atmosphere around this team, at least at the start of the season before things get going. 
Yeah, you know, the the forward group tumbled down the rankings, but at least the broadcasting crew went up a couple notches. So, I, you know, that that's something if you want to look for positivities this offseason. Sarah Oleski jumped like it's not exactly what you want as a as a fan of a hockey team that your broadcasting crew got better, but hey, let's take the victories when we can get them right now. Um, you know, I don't know, man. There there were some there were some positives and I, and I hate to be like negative all the time and and focus on on maybe some of the more iffy stuff, but it, it does kind of feel to me like there's still this level of delusion with a lot of people in this franchise. And we heard again, it wasn't in the in, in the Sarah interview, but Mark met with some uh some members of the media before before the golf tournament was set to go underway. And again, the line was brought up. You know, everybody was I'll, I'll paraphrase, but everybody was picking us to win the Stanley Cup last year. Like <laughs> Frank Saravelli, most influential person in yeah. all of hockey. What he he picked the Jets to win in his bold prediction column, where he makes bold predictions, and that was one person. It wasn't people. It wasn't all these like th- this revisionist history that's been going on. I don't I don't know if that's like the party line in the organization right now, but can we just stop it with that? At, at best, Pete and, and I was positive about the team like going into last year, and I was like second or third in the central and see what happens in the playoffs. So this whole, we were Stanley cup champs last year, like it's just crap. And I, I really wish they would stop going down that line, especially because look, even if that's what people were saying last year, you went out and you proved everybody completely wrong. <laughs> you stunk up the joint, <laughs> And then you're bringing back that same core that stunk up the joint last year. So <clears throat> there were parts of it that, that just bothered me, but that's really more. So I think how, the team is trying to to frame an inactive offseason so far um but i did like that he seemed legitimately pumped to be back like i, I don't think it was you know it, it wasn't as as iffy as as pierre-luc dubois meeting with the media and it's kind of like you know what i i'm unlikely to be here for the long term sort of a thing like like give mark shifley credit he did sign a six-year contract with this team he you know he did commit a large, if not the majority of his career to the city, right? Eight years, sorry, eight year, right? He's like, he he did come across as genuine in terms of, you know, wanting to help this team get better and himself wanting to get better. You know, what, what is interesting to me too, though, is that in Shifley's comments with the media over the past little while, never once did I hear the words defensive responsibility come up with him. Like I, I've I've never heard him specifically say that he wants to get better inside his own end. It's 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 more so like vague terms of you know I want to you know do this and this and this and get better and this and this, but it's never defensively. And that's really the only issue that fans and I, I imagine coaches and management want to see improve because offensively, I don't know. I don't think you can find ten centermen in the NHL that are as gifted offensively as Mark Shapley is. It's just been the fact that he's given that up on his own half of the ice as much, if not more over these past couple of seasons. But at the very least, if you're, if you're looking to grab some positivity and, and good vibes headed into the season, he's, he looks committed to the team. And, and yeah. He's yeah. And you know what? And again, to be fair, uh, you know, he's getting ready for a golf tournament. They're asking questions, you know, coming out of the end of last season where really the story was his demeanor, what he had to say that certainly sounded to most people, 
uh, not just the media, that um, he maybe had one foot out the door or needed to hear a bunch of things. And the funniest thing is, well, I need to see what the direction of this team is. I'm not sure if anyone's really understood that the direction has changed at all <laughs> yeah. over the course of the offseason. All that being said, though, I, I, I will still go on record that I don't think that we're basically having this same conversation right up until the start of training camp. There are going to be some things that'll happen. There are still some free agents out there that maybe much like Nazem Kadri takes maybe a little bit longer for guys to realize that their best option maybe is the Winnipeg Jets. But I have to admit, Brandon, you know, talking with some folks, uh, for instance, Tom Gazzola in Edmonton, looking at cap friendly and looking at the teams that need to shed salary before you get to the season the fact that the RFAs are done, the fact that Cheval Dayoff has uh, clarity as to what sort of salary cap space that he has right now, to me, I I've been saying this all week, I really think that the path, the most logical path to making the Winnipeg Jets better would be to trade one of the defensemen, which has been long overdue. I mean, they need to shore up that they need to give opportunity for some of the younger players and maybe just as important transition some of the cap dispersal from the back end to the forward group and at the same time in that deal bring back a forward that's probably making more than the defenseman that you're giving up which gives some salary cap relief to one of these teams that desperately needs it and as we've seen yesterday the Montreal Canadiens just got a first round draft pick for taking 6.3 million dollars off the cap so I do think that there's going to be opportunities for Kevin Cheveldayoff, and this might be one of the cases where the patient route pays off because there's a lot of teams that need to take advantage of any cap space that's available. Yeah, and that that's one year. <laughs> like that, that's the going rate right now. Yeah. One year, six ish million dollars is costing you a first round pick with a thousand conditions on it. But a first round pick nonetheless. Yeah. And if I was if I was the GM, by the way, and somebody threw that many conditions at me, I'd be like, just give me a second. I know you just I'm not I'm not reading all this like good good for you, happy, but just let's end up with this. You know, I I don't know, man. Like I, I'm in the same mindset as you, and that's there's no way they can essentially run it back up front the same way they did last year, minus Stasny and Cop. But it's just so close to trading camp right now. Like it really isn't that far away. Labor Day weekend is, you know, basically right around the corner here. I, I, I'd be a little concerned that we're not going to see a whole lot of transformation with this group right now. And I mean, it, it desperately needs some upfront. They need an infusion of talent in a big, big way. And that's not even taking into account, potentially moving on from Blake Wheeler and then needing to find a way to, you know, replace his, 60 70 80 whatever how many points he might put up this upcoming year and look at the bottom six right now and you know i did a little bit of forward rankings um in my last gates and plates episode and just seeing where the jets ranked in, in terms of teams across the league what what stood out to me maybe the most is is not that the jets have a poor bottom six because i think we're we're pretty well aware here in winnipeg that the bottom six production wise hasn't lived up to the billing they don't have a poor bottom six. They have arguably the worst, if not one of the worst, bottom sixes in the entire NHL. Like the, the lack of offensive production the Jets have gotten these last two years specifically out of their bottom six is, it's it's pretty frightening. And and that was with Kopp and Stasny in the fold for a lot of those seasons. If they're gone, and even though I'm I'm high on a guy like Morgan Barron, for example, and 
and I, I like Mason Appleton maybe more than other people do. They they are way way behind. A lot of the other, never mind great teams in the NHL, a lot of the solid teams in the NHL. So they they need to desperately find some infusion of talent inside that bottom six. And and the logjam on, on the blue line, I mean, you, you can't go into a season like that. And especially, like, one of the reasons, too, why I, I believe having, you know, what is it, like eight, nine NHL-ready defensemen right now, if, if Billy Hanel is going to stay with this organization, you, you need to know what you have in him. Uh, you could have your opinion on him. None of us know because he's played like a dozen games over the past two seasons at the NHL level. At some point, I'm not saying throw him, you know, second pair, give him 20 minutes a night. But at some point, you need to see Billy Hanela play 14, 15 minutes a night for a month and a half straight and, and get a sense of, all right, this is, you know, a potential building block for us. Is he going to be that guy or do we have to move on here? You need to get some answers on a ton of the young players in this organization too. Well, and I would have said that that was the case last season because now we're at the case where, you know, yeah. Johnny Kovacevic, not waiver exempt. I mean, a big guy that moves the way he does. I mean, there'll be a team I would imagine that would look at that and let's not forget the salary. I mean, it's not like you're putting a guy that's a $4 million player on waivers that, you know, teams, oh, can I fit it in? You're basically talking about league minimum. Those guys are valuable in the National yeah. Hockey League right now. So, yeah, no, you're exactly right. And the one thing I'll say about Vili, I mean, I'm I, I'm high on him. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing him play, hopefully. But I do think that you have to earn your spot. But with a new head coach, Rick Bonus coming in, I really would like a situation where his hands aren't tied due to contracts and whatnot. And he can get the guys out in camp. Everyone's got a clean slate. And you know what? If this is the guy that's going to help us win, you're in the lineup. And... I think there's still some work to be done to get to that point because realistically, if you don't want to lose assets for nothing, the two guys that are waivers exempt are Billy Hanel and Dylan Sandberg. And I think most of us would certainly expect and like to see those guys in the lineup to start the season, as opposed to in the lineup for the Manitoba Moose. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a difficult situation and, and, and it's a tough one in terms of trying to get it right. And I am with you too, where, you know, I, I was I was one of the few few younger people, I guess, that was against for you know having Sammy Nico essentially guaranteed a spot in the club a few years ago, right? Like he's a young guy. Like we we got to see what we have. Da, 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 da. I, I just feel like Billy Anal has nothing left to prove at the AHL level. Dylan Sam Dylan Sandberg looked like a, a second pair defenseman last year. Like what what does sending him down to the AHL stalls his development? And I think the same happens with, with Philly Hanela is it either stalls his development or he, he takes a step back. Like for, for those guys, and I know Hanela's 21-22, Sandberg's 22-23, but man, I mean, we just watched a Stanley Cup final where a 20-year-old Bowen Byram was skating circles around one of the best teams in the NHL. The, the, these guys, they, they come in more ready than ever, and both Sandberg and Hanela have had a lot of seasoning. Like we're not talking about guys that have just jumped in from juniors or college, multiple professional seasons under their belts at this point. I, I think it's it's really on the GM right now to, you know, not necessarily hand them a spot and, and gift wrap it for them, but give them an opportunity on a silver platter and let them take it. And that, you're right, as it stands right now, they I mean, Hala could have a tremendous training camp. And they might just turn around to him and say, hey, great job. Appreciate the effort. We don't have room for you. And that's a really crappy spot to 
to be as an organization, especially when it's not, you know, top pair guys that are blocking his path. They're, they're solid defensemen, but nobody that's, you know, top of the lineup guys. You would you would hope that if Hanela and or Sandberg have a tremendous training camp, that they can go in, earn a spot, and then keep it as the season moves on. American Hockey League. Uh, I mean, I don't think that does the organization any favors when it comes to the future of these guys. I mean, I'd be pissed off. I mean, I yeah. think that's pretty simple that, you know, if you're being blocked by things other than your own ability at this point, um, you know, at that point, that's when guys start wanting out. That's when yeah. guys start thinking about, okay, what do I have to do? Where's my next move? And that's certainly not what you want with two young blue chippers like that. B, before we, uh, before we go, um, fill people in on uh, what's going on. I know there hasn't been a lot of Jets uh, breaking news over the last little bit. It was a pretty fun summer up until the last few weeks. But um, what's uh, cooking over at Skates and Plates other than comparing the Jets forwards, as you just mentioned, to the rest of the league right now? It's, um, part five of Mason Appleton's contract breakdown. Now, uh, next week we'll do <laughs> we'll continue the breakdown and uh, go from forwards to defensemen. It likes to be kind of, I mean, last year's defenseman ranking went in I guess it was better with the additions of Schmidt and Dylan, but it's it, it's funny that there's a lot more positivity around the blue line than the forward group. And when's the last time we could say that? If, if we could ever say that. So it's it's interesting how there's been a bit of a, a 180 in terms of those two position groups. So we'll, we'll talk blue line. I'm praying something happens. Maybe the cadre move spurs some action. Not, not getting my hopes up though, but we'll have some fun. I, you know, one way or the other. Remus and I were kicking around. Uh, said, "Well, Kate, this is a little bit of a slow time. Let's talk about the Jets Hall of Fame moments and talking about things like the helmet party incident. Uh, some of Mar Maurice's top quotes list as well. God, we spent 15 minutes just talking and laughing about malaise. But, um, anyways, I will we'll figure out something to get through the next little bit. Hey, listen, man, have a great weekend. Uh, I, I guess you're already fired up for the weekend, considering you got a little bit of free time. Uh, you know where I'll be in about an hour if uh, if you're good. Thanks again for doing this, man. Yeah, we'll stay in touch. I hope to meet up with you in Joyland sometime soon. <laughs> right on, Brandon Rewicki, skates and plates wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribing. All right, we're going to get to the NFL Notebook with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton coming up. Um, but, hey, Little Brown Jug, folks, hey, the weekend's here. You know, in 1919, uh, maybe even this afternoon, once you're done work, might be a great start off to the weekend. But we now have the date for the sports trivia night at Little Brown Jug. It is September 1st. I don't believe we've even put this on social media yet, nor has Little Brown Jug but we've already sold a bunch of tickets. I think we're pushing about half sold out already just from mentioning in the chat. So if you would like to join us, uh, it's going to be great. You get a ticket through the Eventbrite link. We'll get Remus to throw that in the chat again and pay attention to our social media channels for it. It's 7 o'clock on Thursday, September 1st. Um, get your tickets on Eventbrite. And essentially, not really an admission, but they need to count heads. So the cost of the ticket essentially just buys your first beer. We'll have a capacity in and around 70 folks, and uh, 70 people. And we were over 20 just from the first mention a couple days ago. So September 1st, hope to see you there at Little Brown Jug. And again, that's on William Avenue. Pop down there on the weekend, taste all their great beers. And you can also order online at littlebrownjug.ca. Got some big things coming up with our friends at Princess Auto. 
But before we do that, next Thursday, the Princess Auto Tailgate is going to be the place to be before the Bomber game on Thursday night. Two hours before game time, the party gets started. $5 beers, $3.50 hot dogs and pop, DJ finesse spinning, prizes from the Princess Auto Gang. That's the place to be there. And then we'll see the Bombers try to go to 10-1 and 1 against the Calgary Stampeders. Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two locations in Winnipeg, and you can shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Uh, CFL's on tonight. We've got a great doubleheader tonight and again tomorrow. No better place to gather with the gang to watch the game than over at Boston Pizza. Don't forget, happy hour specials. Maybe that's where I'll meet Brandon later on uh, from 3 to 6 and 9 to 12. Pizza flights are back as well. And hey, if you are staying at home to watch the game tonight, check out their game day deals and order online at bostonpizza.com. And hey, with the weekend here, Maybe you get out and take the fam down to one of the Nick and Nicky DQs for a great blizzard. So many great summer flavors. And, uh, of course, those delicious stack burgers as well that I can't get enough of. Best flavor right now, from my perspective, is the new Reese's Pieces Cookie Dough Blizzard. But judge for yourself, four locations for Nick and Nicky DQ. DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And you can also hit them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba to get a custom-made cake ready to pick up quick and easy at your local Nick and Nicky DQ. All right, let's get the hacksaw in and get this party started. Preseason continues in the National Football League. And uh, with football season here, Hacksaw is back. YouTube star Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, by the way. Got the new podcast and YouTube channel out. Make sure you give him a sub, Lee. The top story when it comes to the National Football League right now has absolutely been Deshaun Watson. Um, what did you make of the negotiated settlement of 11 games for the Cleveland Browns star quarterback? Hustler, I think part of me says that the NFL won this uh, struggle with Deshaun Watson. The other part of me says everybody has wound up losing because of this uh, settlement. 
Uh, I will say that there's a new benchmark now for anybody going forward. You know, prior, under the collective bargaining agreement, any player that got involved with a sexual assault incident, sexual misconduct, whatever, domestic abuse, got about a six-game suspension. Now there's a new high-water mark. It's now 11. So anybody who commits any acts of violence against women, it'll probably be a base suspension of 11. So I guess you would view that as a win for the NFL. I think the other factor in the equation is that Deshaun Watson has has lost all of his credibility. He's lost all of his endorsements. Uh, he has obviously lost the respect of a lot of people around the league. And I think Hustler, he's become public enemy number one in the National Football League. I mean, he will go through a real tough time when he gets back on the field in December, regardless of whether he's playing at home or he's playing on the road. And I, I think the thing that just bothers me the most is is his outright defiance. You know, in one sentence, he says, I apologize to all the women that I might have impacted. But the next sentence, he says, I'm innocent and I'm looking forward to telling you the whole story and all that. He's never shown any real significant remorse. And then Jim Haslam, the Browns owner yesterday, just kind of added gasoline to the fire, Andrew, by making the comments. He deserves the chance to rehabilitate himself. He deserves the chance to come back to play. And he's a quarterback. So we're going to allow that to happen. And even his wife did not actually condemn Deshaun Watson, though she did say he's got a lot of work to put in. Uh, at the end of the day, I went back and I had a friend in Cleveland who were in the media count up the number of females that work in the Browns organization. It was 58. Answer me this question. How do you think those 58 women who work in the Cleveland Browns organization, whether it's a key executive job, whether it's a secretarial job, whatever the position might be, how do you think those 58 women feel about the Deshaun Watson employment by the Browns organization? Go to work, do your job, and by the way, we have a sexual predator at quarterback, and that's okay with us. I, I think it sends a horrific message. And in any other workplace in society, Hustler, do you think you, me, or anybody else would be allowed to do that and still maintain their jobs? So it really leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And, and Watson pays a tremendous price, not just in, in terms of financial payments that he's got to make, but you know what? He begins on Monday in-depth counseling. And these are tough these are tough things in your work schedule. If he misses any counseling session, that's a violation. This whole case could be reopened. He could be further disciplined. He's gonna to have to walk the straight and narrow line. So really, really ugly story at the end of the day. I guess in a sense I'm glad it's over. But I wonder what the fifty eight female employees in the Cleveland Browns in their headquarters in Berea, Ohio actually think about what's going on in that organization. You know, and it's a great point. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Haslam was up with the new uh, general manager yesterday taking questions about it. And uh, one of the more awkward points of that entire press conference, Lee, was when they were talking about how things are going to work when Deshaun Watson needs massage treatment. And, uh, you know, it's not something that you'd normally be talking with other players, but considering his background and the baggage that he brings to Cleveland, that is huge. And I'll just get you to, to comment on what this means for Browns fans. This is as loyal a group of sports fans as you will find anywhere. They've been through so much, so much losing. Um, Andy McNamara, a great friend of mine, came on the program. He's a big Browns guy. said that it sort of feels like the Browns in some ways have sort of sold their soul. Uh, with this with this getting Deshaun Watson in. And um, I don't know any Browns fans that really feel totally comfortable about this. I guess the thought from the team is that winning will cure everything. Um, but I'll tell you what, there's a big dark cloud over Cleveland, Ohio in that franchise right now. And it's all because of this trade. 
He's public enemy number one in the National Football League. The abuse he got last week in uh, Jacksonville in that first (laughs) appearance was amazing. And he was on the field for just one possession or two possessions, and he went one for five for seven yards, and he looked uncomfortable. And now he can't practice. He, He was barred from the facility effective today, and he is out of touch with the Browns organization from now till October. Then he can come back in for meetings. Then in November, he can actually be allowed to be on the practice field with coaches and his teammates. And of course, he's allowed to play the first week in December. So, I mean, he will be away from football as he knows it for an extended period of time. So I I just think it's it's ugly. Um, There are troubled players around the league. This is probably as ugly and a bizarre situation as it was seen. And this is the most significant penalty for any type of sexual misconduct, domestic abuse that we've seen in the history of the NFL. So like I said, there is a new high watermark for the next guy that steps over the line. He's looking at at least 11 games. Well, uh, you know, the uh, quarterbacks always uh, are, uh, you know, uh, get the attention in the National Football League. The one guy that's not there is Tom Brady. We've sort of been joking. I don't know if you've seen all this speculation that Brady's in fact left to go be a contestant on the mass singer right now lee which is a, a pretty funny and interesting theory on all of this but um i mean what are you hearing i mean it, this is very strange for a pre-planned personal absence in advance of training camp to be taking place for a guy that basically is the franchise for a brand new head coach in todd bowles i understand this though that they they went through the whole process of he would take this leave of absence for two weeks whatever it was I don't know if it's got to do with a health issue with him. It might have something to do with a health health issue with his wife. It might have something to do with one of his kids. So I, I think we just need to cut him some slack. Uh, the fact that he was in every workout from the minute Todd Bowles was named head coach and every meeting. So it's not like he's got to learn anything because they're running the same playbook package that they've had. He'll just, you know, miss 10, 10 days or two weeks, whatever it is. But I would assume once we get through the third preseason game and then everybody's got uh, two weeks to get ready for the start of the season, he'll probably be back there. I would think it's probably got to do with a personal health situation. I don't think he's on a yacht and a vacation to Greece or anything by this nature. So cut him some slack, give him some space. And the fact that he was there every minute of every day that he was allowed to be there once Bowles was named with the coach means that he's pretty dedicated to take this next step with the new guy. So you're not with me in connecting the dots that he signed a $375 million deal with Fox, and now that he's not going to be able to do the games, at least he's going to go and be on the mass Singer for a couple of weeks, and that's why he's not in camp right now? No, people make all kinds of weird decisions with the media. Everybody's working in the media except us. <laughs> uh, Lee, uh, what about other quarterbacks? I mean, uh, any rookies caught your eye so far through the preseason? Well, it was interesting the first weekend. Uh, you know, the the one that obviously did very, very well was the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. Kenny Pickett came in on the second half. The kid out of pit for the Steelers, nine for nine, right out of the gate. That was pretty impressive. You add into that that he wound up 13 for 15 through two touchdown passes. So, I mean, he, he was in rhythm and he, he just looked really good. Now, it's interesting because this week when Mike Tomlin was asked about what are you going to do with Pickett this week? Mike Tomlin said, he's going to step up. He's going to play the varsity next, which means he's going to play in the second quarter. He's going to play when it's ones versus ones, and we'll just gauge and see. I don't think Pickett's going to be the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh, but that was a pretty good breakout. Uh, in terms of the other quarterbacks, uh, Matt Corral, uh, the Tennessee Titans, I'm sorry, the Carolina Panthers, 
the kid out of Ole Miss, he had a really bad start. He was one for nine throwing the football and just looked flustered and just overwhelmed. Uh, Malik Willis of Tennessee, uh, he's a ways away. You know, he played at Liberty. Well, they're not playing VMI. Uh, he was a, he struggled at six for 11. He ran the ball, but he was in panic mode a whole lot. Uh, so I, I think those quarterbacks all got tested under fire and they'll play again this week. I guess maybe the one that really surprised me was in Atlanta. Desmond Ritter came off the bench uh, after a couple of series with Marcus Mariota. And Desmond Ritter played really well. I think he threw for 79. He ran for 58. Uh, he led him to two touchdown scoring drives for the Atlanta Falcons. So, yeah, I mean, this, this kid did unique things at the University of Cincinnati. He's not a big physical specimen as we think quarterbacks are, but he's athletic and he's really gifted and he moves the pocket and was very accurate. So, that was a really good start for him. Baker Mayfield played very well in his first start with Carolina. It looks as if he's going to wind up with a starting job. Trey Lance had one really good series with San Francisco. Now, he is the starter. Uh, we're marching towards the August 30th deadline as it relates to the Jimmy Garoppolo contract. So we just have to wait and see what happens there. Is Garoppolo going to be released? Is Garoppolo going to be traded for some type of conditional pick? Is the landing spot Cleveland? Keep that in mind. Uh, is the landing spot Seattle? The Seahawks last night were miserable. I had all types of offensive problems. Geno Smith, the supposed starter, got hurt. Uh, now, now Drew Locke, the other guy competing for the starting job, Andrew, he's got significant COVID. Evidently, he's gotten worse and worse over the last couple of days from when he first tested positive. So he's not going to play this week, and they have only one week left to get him ready. And who knows what the physical toll on COVID uh, takes on a quarterback. So. You know, there's a lot of storylines. Got a couple more weeks to go. I guess the New York Jets are breathing a bit of a sigh of relief because their starting quarterback, Zach Wilson, did not tear a knee ligament when his cleat caught in the turf and when he, he buckled just running around back there. Uh, he did have torn meniscus, but it was not a major tear. They snipped it. So I would think he'll be back by opening day. He'll probably be back on the practice field in two weeks, which would give him probably two weeks to get ready. But that was a real scary injury when he first went down. So yeah. that's your quarterback story at this hour. No doubt. Second overall pick. A lot invested in Zach Wilson there with the New York Jets. Hey, Lee, quickly before we go, uh, what's old Darth Vader, Bill Belichick doing? A little bit of a uh, shake-up in the coaching staff. Uh, somebody have to explain this. He surely doesn't want to explain it. I'll tell you that. That's the most amazing thing. He does not have an offensive coordinator. He did not replace Josh McDaniels, who took the Raiders' job. He's got Matt Patricia, longtime defensive coordinator, calling plays on offense. And he's got his linebacker coach, Joe Judge, who had been bounced out of New York with the Giants after a year on the job. Joe Judge is also calling plays. I don't know what Belichick's doing. We're going to find out. Now, they did have 300 yards in offense in the first preseason game. But everybody that's covering the Patriots is talking and writing about how strange this is. But then again, that's, you know, per the norm with Belichick, strange and different. So we'll see if they keep this system the way it goes. But it seems that, that that's what they've devised. They've got two defensive guys working with a quarterback, Mac Jones. Strange. Lee, of course, uh, we know that LeeHacksawHamilton.com website is where to go to uh, for the best 15 minutes that you need. But uh, for people that maybe missed your visit last week, fill people in on uh, what you're doing on YouTube with the new pod. Well, we just launched a podcast. It's uh, on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. In addition to all the audio uh, sources that you have to, to get to listen. But uh, punch it up. Just uh, YouTube, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton podcast should be able to find it. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I sit there and I talk to people like you talk to people. and we're, I'm getting a lot of response to it. So I don't know where this is going to go. It's a lot of work, but we're doing it. We, 
we post usually every Thursday. So you got fresh new stuff to, to listen to. And it's everything. It's we're dealing with a massive baseball crisis here with the San Diego Padres and their superstar shortstop Fernando Tatis and the suspension. And we're dealing with NFL quarterbacks and news and notes around the NFL and the NBA. And I do touch bases on the NHL and everything else. So just check out that podcast. I think you get a kick out of it. And there's a, a, a slot where you can subscribe to be alerted when the new ones are put up. Yeah, well, we got a lot of uh, subscribers from the WST crew that are enjoying it as well. Lee, have a great weekend, and uh, shout out to the landline. I'm glad we were able to make this work. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I love technology, but I'll tell you what, I still got a Royal Manual typewriter in my garage, and this proves that the phone does work sometimes, but I'll leave it up to your guys, your smart guys, your gurus to fix the system. Good to talk to you, Andrew. Have a great sports weekend. Thanks so much. There it is, the one and only Lee Hacksaw Hamilton with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right. Marbles is about to go down. Remo, uh, maybe you can uh, prepare the uh, entries. Uh, and I will thank our friends at Assiniboia Downs for their support of WST. Don't forget, live racing is back Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday into September. Remus has uh, made a little, a little bit of ground on me, and he'll continue to do his picks. I'll basically drop them for you on the show while he's away. Uh, but if you do want to make some plans for next week, 885-3330. Get maybe a reservation in that dining room. Try that amazing prime rib buffet and check out all the great action over at Assiniboia Downs. Check them out online at asdowns.com. Uh, the weekend is here. I'm not waiting till the bomber game to get my hands on a ready-to-drink Canadian club ginger ale. It's Friday, and that may very well be on the menu for tonight. If you haven't tried it already, Canadian Club has come out with the drink of the summer, ready to go. RTD, as they say in the business. Uh, six packs in cans at your local beer store and local Manitoba Liquor Mart's location. Um, grab yourself a cooler, a little bit of ice, and you are set for the weekend. If you haven't tried it, it's great. And of course, it's also available at the game on Thursday as Canadian Club pouring all around IG Field is the official spirit and official sponsor of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. All right, we're going to get to the cool bet lines, but uh, Remo, have we uh, we already opened the... All right, we're on it today. You know, you can tell Remus is in vacation mode, ready to go. The marble race is open, everybody! Exclamation mark marbles. You know how this works. Uh, if you're new and you haven't been with us before, all you got to do is, uh, well, basically what everyone else is doing... Put in exclamation mark marbles. You get a marble. And, uh, of course, uh, our weekly finale to the show is uh, the marble race where uh, one lucky winner will win an exclusive Winnipeg Sports Talk Canadian Club hoodie. Uh, we've got all sizes up to XL. We're out of double XL. We will get some more soon. Uh, but just giving you a heads up if, in fact, you are a winner and you are a double XL. So, exclamation mark marbles. We give you a minute to get those in. Let's get to the cool bet lines for today. And, uh, hey, we got the World Junior Hockey Championships coming up very shortly. And Canada is taking on the che uh, Czechia. Canada right now. Three and a half goal favorites at plus 106, plus three of five. Let's see the line on two. Uh, man, if you think Czech, the Czechs can keep it within two goals, you're getting plus 151. Of course, the Czechs coming off that big upset win over the United States, uh, but Canada, a massive favorite. Total in the game over or under seven goals, including overtime. Finland and Sweden, those great rivals playing later on tonight. 
Finland, the favorite, minus 196. And Sweden, plus 157 on the money line. As far as the Canadian Football League goes, we finally got a little bit of line movement in this Elks-Redblacks game. Uh, the Elks now five-point underdogs. They've been four-and-a-half-point dogs all week long. And the BC Lions have come back a little bit. This game opened at half a point for BC, quickly went to two-and-a-half, was all the way up to five-and-a-half yesterday. Right now, heading into tonight's game, the second half of the doubleheader, Lions three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Alouettes tomorrow, three-point favorites at home against the Ticats. And the Calgary Stampeders opened as one-point favorites. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Argos on the road at BMO Field. Of course, the Argos without Winnipeg's Andrew Harris, who has been ruled out for the season with a torn peck. And a quick cool bet special that you can still get in you go to the exclusives and the Kid Canada Parlay for tonight's game. Nathan Rourke to have one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, and BC to win the game, plus 475. Again, just go onto the left side, click on Cool Bet Specials, and then Cool Bet Exclusives. And uh, that is the Kid Canada Parlay. I think I'll have to get on that. That'll be a fun one uh, to uh, watch with tonight. That's a good one. I like that one. I do. I mean, hey, he's scoring each and every way. They're winning these games, and uh, that's a pretty juicy number at plus 475. Maybe I'll have to put some of my winnings from the Bears in that preseason NFL exhibition game on the Kid Canada Parlay. If you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST on your first deposit. We'll hook you up with a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks over at CoolBet. Great time to take advantage of that if you haven't played a CoolBet before with NFL season just around the corner. All right. Well, great stuff. Thanks again to Sarah for joining us, Brandon Rewicki and Hacksaw. But Remo, you know what time it is. It is uh, last call for marbles, everyone. Get them in. We'll finish it up. And uh, shout out to Kenny's water bottle with a... With an awesome super chat, Kenny WB. Thank you so much. Get a landline and a rotary phone. We want to watch Huss and Hacksaw should talk to each other via landlines next week. Hey, whatever works. Hacksaw's a legend. I don't care whether it's video, audio, what. He's always got great takes and great information. It was pretty awesome to get him on the show, even if it took a little while to make that happen. We'll probably edit that out of the podcast so the people on YouTube got to see the uh, the behind the scenes of WST trying to get Hacksaw on today. Uh, Remo? Just about ready to go for some marbles and uh, then get you on that bird? Yeah, we're winding it down. I want to give everyone a chance to get in. Uh, pretty cool. You know, people have been asking, can we get Hacksaw to use that phone? I think since he started coming on and you saw the phone behind him, people wanted me to call him like during the show <laughs> so he would get on. And I don't know why his microphone didn't work. It was, that was really weird. Never had that issue. Um, maybe you just need to restart his computer. I have no idea. Anyways, I have his number. He sent it to me. I phoned him on my phone. Tried phoning him on Skype and it didn't work, but uh, I had to phone him on my actual phone and Bluetooth in through the mixer and we got it. So I uh, got to love technology, right? You know, I will say there was a time early on in WST and I don't even remember what happened, but you know, it was one of our patented technological challenges and mm -hmm. we couldn't get a guy on. And I, on a couple of occasions, you literally did. called guys on speakerphone and just had it in front of the microphone. And it actually sounded great. So by hook or by crook, we will uh, we will make that happen. But uh, I think it's time for the marbles. Let's uh, let's get everything. Okay. I'm going to put together a list 
of a few people that we need to get in in yeah. addition to the uh, the list. So Remus, you tell me when you're ready for that as you load us up. And uh, I guess we should uh, let's uh, hopefully get a good track today to finish this uh, this week strong with the marble race. Yeah, I'm loading in all the names, so I see a lot of people saying Sarah Leski needs the marble. Hundred percent. I don't know. Sarah Rewicki and Hacksaw are all getting yeah. a. Uh, are well, all Hacksaw's one. phone is getting the marble, not Hacksaw's Hacksaw. phone. Hacksaw's phone, exactly. <laughs> so we'll see who else we can squeeze in there. If you want to give one to to Mark Shifley for his comments to the media? Does he get one? Yeah, you know what? And Shife's playing in the. Uh, We'll give one to Shife, and you know what? Let's also give one to Braxton Kuntz, who's playing sure. with Shifley. It's about time. We probably should have given Braxton a marble earlier for being the first ever back-to-back -back winner of the Manitoba Junior and the Manitoba Amateur Championship. So he's going to get one. And uh, oh, uh, I think Andrew Harris's torn peck needs one. Yeah, well, you know what? Let's not make fun of the torn peck, but let's sure. just give Harris a, let's That's just fair. give Harris That's a marble. Fair. We're supporting Harris. He's our guy. Even if he's uh, a member of the Argos right now, and um, and you know what, I think uh, you know what, let's let's give one to Mike O'Shea as well. Coach O'Shea got the field named after him mm -hmm. in Guelph on the Bomber bye week. I'm sure he's back, getting ready for the Calgary Stampeders right now. But uh, you know, O'Shea doesn't get enough love. We should play more O'Shea. We'd love to get him on at some point. I'm sure we will. But uh, O'Shea getting a marble today. All right, let's. Uh, Let's get this thing ready to go and uh, finish up strong. Again, a Canadian club hoodie, our version of the Masters green jacket for all our illustrious winners. And I'll give you a little tease. I'm very excited to bring on a new sponsor next week on the program. And we are working on some details on potentially an amazing new addition to the marble race with a grand prize that... Um, We'll let you know how that's going to work. Again, no marbles next week. We Remus is going to be away, so get your marble in today because we are taking a one-week hiatus from the marbles, and then Remo will be back the following week, and we will uh, we will get back. Oh, Remo, last one. We need we need to give Timo and Teppo marbles. Thank you, Jay Miller, for reminding us. Can we get those in? Yeah, they're in. Last call. Okay, that was all the right. Last call. last call. Perfect. All right, let's that get was this up. That was some good news that we had this week about the Jets Hall of Fame announcement. Uh, that'll be a, a great ceremony. Their gala is back too that week. Um, so definitely, definitely. That's why I, that's why I had to get the uh, the new suit from F Apparel. I don't have many other uses for it right I now. I can't believe you got yours. All yeah. the time. Well, I've got a big pickup, uh, pickup and tryout uh, after the show on Monday. So um, at some point, I'll wait for our suit show until you come back. And uh, when we have some other milestone, we'll... Uh, We'll get it on again, maybe for the start of the season or something like that. There will be no tuxedo day today on WST, though. Only suits from our friends tuxedo. over at F Apparel. Um, all right, listen, we do need the extended intro, though, so get that queued up, and uh, hopefully by the time that plays, uh, we'll be ready to drop them. Okay, I'm just making sure that I have uh, this week's marbles in. Yes, yeah, not, we don't need to. Not we last don't have time week. to. Re yeah, we don't have time to repeat it. Okay, so we're gonna be golden here with the with the new marble theme. The new marble theme. Absolutely. If you missed it last week, this is the extended marbles uh theme from the man himself, Tristan Rivers Music. Let's go. It's right. 
Oh, man, I love the extended intro. All right. Well, it's been a great week. Thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to everyone that's popped in the show, been listening on podcast. But now it's time to get down to business. One marble will take it down. A lot on the line, a lot of pride, a lot of glory. And of course, our uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie with our friends at Canadian Club. Uh, where are we going today? I have no idea. Should I do a uh, short? I don't even know. I don't know. I have... What about Tundra Tumble? Tundra Tumble? I'm in for that. That's a good one. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, we got 151. I doesn't look familiar. 151. Excellent. All right, here we go. Um, folks, if uh, this is your first mobber race, welcome. Make sure you're here with us at the end of the program on Fridays. We got Frosty the Snowman in here for the Tundra Tumble. Good luck to everyone. Let's go. Marbles are dropped. And who is out first? Art Cooper. Greg Friesen. Fritchie. Former winner, Fritchie. Trevor Red Rangers in the mix. And a long, long... So Art Cooper with a real nice start. But uh, it is packed. I see Ishaboy Bruce in there a little ways back. But we're going to be getting into some loop-de-loops. And, uh, oh, we do see a... Uh, some more obstacles coming. Will we go left or right? Art Cooper has taken the left way. Bullish Bradley is leading the way on the right. And it is absolutely anybody's race right now here in the Tundra Tumble. Art Cooper with a nice little lead. I think Art Cooper would be slightly ahead. But again, we've got individuals on both sides, the left and the right. Oh, did we get a... Uh... Oh, Lee's phone's off. Getting some eliminations here. There's oh, rain of marbles. There's some top rope, uh, top rope action going on right now. Who is in first? It looks like uh, we, well, Greg Will, Friesen. Art Cooper's in the mix. Greg Friesen still hanging in there. I'm not sure exactly what these are. They looks like a tumble dryer or something like that. We're <laughs> um, gonna get through. Who made it through first? Fort Gary Twins, 2021. Pff, the Twins. Fort Gary Twins 2021. That's a newcomer. I don't remember Fort Gary Twins 2021 before. Wouldn't that be an incredible debut if the Twins... Twins are in first place right now. It's coming right down to it. There's going to be some shot the other way, but is the Fort Gary Twins going to do it? Yes! Fort Gary Twins 2021. And oh my God, Braxton Coots, back-to-back Manitoba amateur and junior champion... In second place with the spot we gave him. That that is the highest ranked placed marble we've ever had in this show. Never some of the ones that we've added have actually won. And I'll tell you what, this baby bodes well. I'm calling it right now. Braxton makes the cut. 
after his performance in the Marble Race today on uh, on Winnipeg Sports Talk Marble Race. Of course, Braxton, the pride of Breezy Bend right here. Uh, and he'll be playing with Mark Shifley. As a matter of fact, let's just quickly see if these guys have uh, have teed off yet. Because they were the one of the final tee times going out. Let's see if we can find Shifley. Uh, Jared Dutois. Going through. Mark Shifley. Braxton Kuntz. Trying to look for it. But uh, anyways, folks, get out to... Um, Get out to Southwood if you can this weekend. Going to be some incredible golf with the uh, with the folks that, uh, well, we had to wait an extra day for it. They're going to be playing today and tomorrow, and I believe the third and fourth round on Sunday. So Sunday, it will definitely be the place to be. Just trying to see where if we've got Shifley or any of these guys here, but they were teeing off so late. Oh, yeah, here we are. Mark Shifley, A, Braxton Coons, A, just teeing off. They have not played a hole yet. So still plenty of time. If you do want to get down there and take in that round, they'll be there. Uh, Fort Gary Twins 2021, send us an email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. We'll get you set up and uh, arrange a pickup of that hoodie. And uh, other than that, Remo, great week. Now, we are going to see you on Tuesday of next week. Uh, but Alex is in on Monday, and then you're gone again for uh, into the next week. So, I hope everyone enjoyed this marble race. We're taking a one-week hiatus from the marbles, but we will be back uh, with marbles two weeks today and uh, in pretty much regular staffing going into uh, the next uh, the next one. Uh, have a great weekend, my friend. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't got away for a while, so uh, this should be good to get some time off. And Yeah, I'm looking forward to this game tonight, um, Lions and Rough Riders. Riding with Nathan Rourke in fantasy, so uh, exciting! Well, and let's and we got the cool bet exclusive. Yes, uh, one rushing TD, one passing TD, and a Lions win plus four seventy five. We will do that. All right, you got a flight to catch, so let's get out. Thanks again to all the sponsors that make this show happen happen each and every day, and a big thank you to Sarah Orleski. It was so great to have Sarah on the show today. If you missed it, it was our first guest. Go back to the start of the YouTube show and and check it out. Uh, of course, Brandon Rowicki and Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Folks, have yourself a great weekend. And uh, no Remus, but I will be back with a bunch of special guests on Monday for another week of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Bombers back in action on Thursday, so we certainly will have a lot to get to with the Bombers back on the practice field. And we'll see if uh, there's any more news on the Jets offseason, which has been a little bit quiet for the past few weeks, but still expectations that we could see some player movement or additions to the roster at some point, and we'll be all over it here on WST. Thanks again to all of you. Have an awesome weekend. Remo, you have a great trip, and I'll see you Monday right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.